0: Thanks for tuning in to the IGM podcast. We're so glad you've decided to explore God's word with us. We look forward to connecting with you in email at info at or online at our website, www.integritygm.com. We hope this podcast encourages you to grow in the knowledge of God through his word. Be blessed. Blessings to everyone. We're going to pick up in verse 8 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we finished with this statement, the first part of chapter, uh, the first part of uh, verse 8. Love never fails. This is God's love, and God's love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. So when we look at these three things, when we look at prophecy, tongues, Knowledge, I believe the knowledge is in the context of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These things will be done away with. These things will cease. And we look at this and we understand there's a time that is coming that the gifts of the Holy Spirit will be done away with. They will cease. Let's continue. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. We're not prophesying in full but in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. There are some in theological circles, from a sense of complete lack of context, will say when the perfect comes, and that means when the canon is established, the new covenant uh, scriptures is established, that we will not need prophecy we will not need the gifts of the holy spirit we will not need tongues they will cease now we have the word of god that is completed and now the perfect has come and all these things are done away this is called eisegesis not exegesis eisegesis is making the scriptures say what i want it to say because we have the scriptures does that mean prophecy has gone away Does that mean tongues has gone away? Does that mean the gift of knowledge has gone away? These kind of spiritual gifts have gone away because now in 325 AD, when the early believers of the 4th century, from the 4th century uh, believers decided once and for all what represented the words of Christ and the words of the apostle, is it after AD 95 when John passed away that now... We don't need prophecy. If you look at it in that way, then you're really creating a context in which the context is not there. Because as we go through what is being said, let's continue. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. There's a day when the perfect comes that these things that now we know in part and we prophesy in part, but then we're going to come into a fullness when the perfect comes. Look at verse 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly. We don't see everything. We see dimly. But then face to face, there's a day in which the kingdom of God is coming and which we will stand face-to-face, the perfect kingdom. We will not need prophecy. We will not need tongues, interpretations of tongues, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Why? Because the perfect has come when we stand face-to-face in that kingdom. It will not be a walk by faith. It will be a walk by sight. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully just as I also have been fully known. So I asked a question to a John MacArthur person or someone that follows that cessationist theology that makes the scriptures say what they want it to say. Now that I have the scriptures, do I know all things? Look at what is being said. Now I know in part, but then, talking about when the perfect comes, then I will know fully just as i also have been fully known by god now i can say without any hesitation i do not know fully just because the new covenant uh, scriptures are completed the old covenant scriptures are completed everything is completed in the messiah and now can i say i know everything that i can know fully just as i have been fully known by god Absolutely not. The only place that it talks about scripturally where we are changed and we will be like him is at his coming when we stand face to face. The only place where we see the perfect is God's kingdom, the messianic kingdom, when it comes, when we stand face to face, where the lamb lays down with the lion, the child plays with the cobra, there is no more war all things that were devastated and destroyed and all the confusion by sin and the destruction that comes by sin is going to be done away with because we're going to stand face to face in a perfect kingdom and I will know all things fully as I have been known by God. So to say because in 95 AD that the book of Revelation was written, and now the scriptures are closed, and there is no more addition to the scriptures. Now, I believe that, but in 325 AD, when they recognized what was the new covenant scriptures, now we're in the perfect kingdom, and we don't need prophecy, and we do not need tongues, or interpretations of tongues, or words of wisdom, words of knowledge, gifts of healings. To say that is absolutely going against the whole context of this passage, but the whole context of the Word of God. And it's very, very clear that here we are still operating dimly, but there's a day that we will stand face to face when the perfect comes. Verse 13, But now faith, hope, love, abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. It's not saying that faith and hope are not important. It says abide these three, but what is the greatest of these? It is the love of God. The love of God is what has brought about this great salvation to the world. It is the love of God that has drawn me through the conviction of God's Spirit to this great salvation. God's love really summarizes the whole law that the love of God has been poured out into my heart through the Holy Spirit that was given unto me. It's the love of God that compels us to live a life that is honoring God. It's not fear, but it's love that casts out all fear. It's the love of God in the middle of the Corinthian church that will bring them to the right place within their lives of where they need to be and where the gifts of the holy spirit can operate in the right way it's the love of god and the love for one another that really defines who we are what paul is saying is that the love of god is not a substitute for the spiritual gifts as some teach and they're called cessationists the love of god is what we pursue as believers the love of god that lives with inside of us That love is what we pursue every single day. And God demonstrates his own love towards us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In that same chapter of Romans chapter 5, the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that was given unto us. So that love is the motivation or the foundation of everything that we do and it's also the foundation for the spiritual gifts. That's the reason in chapter 14, verse one, pursue love. He's gonna say, don't pursue the spiritual gifts, pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. So our pursuit is the love of God. That's the foundation that the gifts have to operate out of that foundation within our lives. If we're not pursuing the love of God, the spiritual gifts are not going to glorify God and they're not going to edify the body of the Messiah. It's going to do just the opposite.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I like what you said about, you know, I've never really looked at it when that the perfect, but I guess you could see where someone could really go off and get that. But, you know, to me, you know, he's saying too, it's prophecy, tongues, knowledge. None of these are eternal. You know, these are not going to be with us in eternity. But what is God's love? And it's been formed since the beginning of time and throughout the entire Old Covenant, New Covenant. It's a story of God's love and redemption for the people mm. that he loves. So when we're with him in eternity, we're going to see the fullness of God's love for us through Jesus Christ, bringing us to him in eternity, letting us see all things. So why wouldn't we want to pursue that and, and walk in that? Because that's what's going to be with us through eternity. God is love. Yes. Um, these prophecies, these words of knowledge, yes, they can edify, they can be temporary things that are going to help us in our walk, help the body of Christ, build up the body of Christ, but ultimately we're going to be in Christ's love, in God's love, the Father, in eternity with Him in heaven. That's what's going to, you know, it never fails. It's never going anywhere. It's eternal where these other things aren't. And yeah, when the perfect comes, the partial... Will be done away with. Yes, and the partial is speaking about the spiritual, the spiritual gifts. spiritual gifts. Yeah, so that's yes. a partial thing that we have that we use now. Mm-hmm. That's right. That are that are great tools, but that's not what we really need. You know, we, that's what we don't need to pursue. We want to desire them, and yeah, be, but we desire them to help the body. We desire them to help proclaim if, the yes, name of Christ. If we
0: pursue love, yeah, yeah, then we the gifts are in the right context. We're there for the edification of the body of Christ. Yeah,
1: and I I like, we talked a little bit, and you said it earlier, but but love is that foundation you're built. If it's not built on love, pursuing those things or desiring those things, they mean nothing. Right. And the love of Christ is, you know, the rock that stands eternal.
0: And if you interpret the perfect is the completion of the new covenant canon, you're interjecting a context your own context onto the Word of God and really trying to make it say what you want it to say. That's not even anywhere discussed in this whole
1: understanding. Yeah, and what happened to those years after John died before they decided on what the canon was? You know, right. were those just lost years?
0: Well, I you know, I believe the, the New Covenant canon that we have today was very clear from the first century. And what brought about the declaration of that in the fourth century there were Gnostic teachers trying to bring false New Testament writings and tried to make a canon that didn't represent the teachings of the apostles. And so they had to come to a declaration in 325 AD. This is what was approved by the apostles, written by the apostles, and represents the apostles' teachings about the Messiah. When you look at that, It was a declaration of what was already understood. The whole New Testament is quoted almost 100% in the writings of the 2nd century church fathers. So they understood what it was, but because of outside sources trying to add other books within the canon, they had to make that declaration in the 4th century. However, with John's death, you and I do not fully know all things just as we've been fully known by God. Absolutely not. That comes when we stand face to face. When God's kingdom comes, right now we're in God's kingdom, but it, it, it is a walk by faith where we don't know everything. And so we have the spiritual gifts, but there's a day we're going to stand face to face when that perfect kingdom comes, and we're not going to need prophecy We're not going to need the gifts of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. We're not going to need the word of wisdom when we're standing face to face with our Lord and Savior in his kingdom that is established here on earth where the lamb lays down with the lion and there's no more war, but peace has come to the earth and we shall know all things as we fully, as we have fully been known by God. That is contextual. To understand it in any other way is really to interject my own theology onto the text and to try to use the Bible as a proof text. And that's one reason why what we're doing is getting back to original intent of scriptures. And this will make some people upset. And they they talk about John MacArthur as a great Bible teacher. And he's a cessationist. I say, no, he's a good systematic theology trying to prove the points of his conclusions or the conclusions of others by using the Bible as a proof text, but he's a very average Bible teacher. And they get furious when I say that. But this is one of the examples here of how he's trying to make the Bible to fit someone else's conclusions. So to do that is a disservice to the body of Christ they have said there's no more of the spiritual gifts because we have the canon and that is not what is being taught here original intent because the next verse in chapter 14 pursue love but what does it say yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts they will have to say when john died don't pursue spiritual gifts anymore we have the canon it's over with we don't need prophecy anymore We don't need uh, the words of knowledge, words of wisdom. But that is a theology making the Bible fit their conclusions. Hopefully that's clear to people that are listening that what we're saying is the same thing that Paul is saying. Your pursuit is the love of God. That is something that will last for eternity. The spiritual gifts are temporary but the love of God is eternal. It will last forever. And therefore, we pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. And we will get to this whole 14th chapter because it's all going to be about edification of the body and things being done in a proper order, that the spiritual gifts that there is order within the spiritual gifts somehow in the western culture we have decided when there is any type of order then that's not a move of god's holy spirit and it's going against the spirit of god but paul's going to teach exactly the opposite here in chapter 14 about order and edification of the body of christ and we're going to stop there with verse 1 of chapter 14 And we're going to pick it up next time. And let's end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, help us to pursue love. Yet let us have a desire to be used by you in the spiritual gifts. And especially for prophecy that the body may be edified. And I pray that you will give us clear understanding as we go through chapter 14. Of how we can edify the body of the Messiah in everything that we do. It's in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. If you'd like to learn more about IGM or have any questions about this podcast, feel free to reach out to us at infointegritygm.com and connect with us on Instagram at integrity underscore global and Facebook at integrity global missions. If you like our podcast, please share it and leave a review. Thank you for listening. Have a blessed day.